The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of brand search engine results pages and online reputation management. Joining us is Jason Barnard, who is the brand SERP guy at Calicube, which is a digital marketing agency that is pioneering the concept of brand search optimization and knowledge panel management. Jason's also the author of the recently launched Fundamentals of Brand Search for Business book, which is coming hot off the presses. I think it's the New York Times number one seller, maybe at least in the search category. Yesterday, Jason and I talked about knowledge panels for people versus companies. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about brand SERPs and online reputation management, ORM. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy at Calicube. Jason, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Brilliant. It seems like only a few minutes ago we were already talking. Don't tell everybody that we record all these episodes <laughs> at once. They're supposed to think that we show up every morning and everything is recorded live. This is the magic of the internet, isn't it? Oh, I'm sorry. Jason, you're spilling the beans here. Yeah, I'm eating my Rice Krispies and drinking my coffee. And thank you for having me back a second day in a row. It's always a pleasure to have you here every day even if we record all the episodes at once. That said, yesterday, five <laughs> minutes ago, we finished a conversation talking about knowledge panels for people versus companies. And so there's different strategies if you're an individual entity with lots of competition, like a person, like your name, and a company that has more of a unique name but has to position itself to be about a specific topic. And often these all sort of feed into the same overall, how do I get brand SERP placement when somebody searches for my company name, how do I show up? And 
often the biggest challenge in brand SERP is making sure what shows up is A, what you want to see. Is it the right person or the right entity? And then B, that it's saying things that are positive about your company. We used Meta as an example yesterday of company that just went through a knowledge panel change. They changed their name. And so the knowledge panel needs to be updated. And when I search for Meta, all the articles today are how Peter Thiel is leaving the board of Facebook Meta because he wants to help Donald Trump or Donald Trump's political advocates get elected. So all the pictures are Mark Zuckerberg, Donald Trump, and Peter Thiel. Probably not what Meta wants to show up on their brand SERP page. So talk to me a little bit about brand SERP online reputation management and how do you make sure that there aren't you know a bunch of angry white guys on your brand SERP page all of the time? Brilliant example. Great question. Um, I think they are in a space that most of us will never be in, which is that right at the top of the result, you've got the news feed. Most of us are not so newsworthy that we will have that news feed right at the top. So that isn't actually something we need to necessarily worry about. So if we bring it down a few notches away from the big players like Facebook, Meta, Google, Microsoft, and look at what we can manage from a a reputation point of view without those news bursts that these big companies get, is saying, how can I make sure that I control a maximum of what my audience sees when they Google my brand name so that if there is any kind of problem with the news, I can actually control it. I can influence what Google shows. Google will be less likely to show that bad news because it's got such great solid information that it can show about me to my audience. So we're looking more at uh, managing Twitter boxes, managing video boxes, managing the YouTube feed, managing social media platforms, managing the blue links and managing the knowledge panel as we talked about yesterday. So talk me through what ORM means. It's online reputation management. You know, when you are looking at your brand SERP, whether it's the knowledge panel, whether it's the organic listings, and you're seeing something that you don't like. I mentioned yesterday, Ben Shapiro, the political podcaster in the United States, shows up for my brand term, right? Let's say I want to get rid of that. I want to rank number one for the term Ben Shapiro. You know, what are some of the ways that I can manage my online reputation? Or if somebody's, I guess the bigger issue is if somebody was saying something bad about me or him and it was getting confused, how do you manage that process? Well, I mean, I think there are two different questions. The question of confusion between yourself and another Ben Shapiro is something we were looking at yesterday. And today, the question is more about what do I do when somebody says something negative about me online and it shows up on my brand set? And the fundamental question to ask yourself is, A, why didn't I have control of that brand set to start with? So that's proactive online reputation management. It's saying, I need to make sure that Google understands who I am, what I do, and who my audience is so that it can represent me accurately to my audience when they search my brand name. And the second part is to say, if it does happen, why does it happen? And in both cases, you're looking at the idea that Google is showing to your audience when they search your brand name. And remember, when they search your brand name, they know who you are. They're either researching you or navigating to your website. So in those circumstances, Google is trying to show them what it feels is most valuable, helpful, and relevant to them 
as your audience. And they are your audience, but they are simply a subset of Google's users in this particular context. So your first question is to say, why is Google showing this negative information? And why it's showing it is because it thinks it's valuable and helpful and relevant to your audience. And if that's not the case, then either Google has misunderstood, or if it's understood correctly, you have a fundamental business problem. I have a friend who was the CEO of an SEO tool, and the company got involved in a lawsuit. And when you would Google his name for a short period of time after the lawsuit became public, the first thing that would come up was blank person, CEO of X company in this lawsuit, and it was resulting in the company going bankrupt or filing for bankruptcy. Wasn't exactly something that my friend wanted to highlight as who he was as a independent entity. So this is a yes, this is news. Maybe it's something that's the most popular topic, but it didn't really position him in the way that he wanted to be represented in the eyes of people searching for him and his company. I asked him, hey, how'd you bury that? How'd you get rid of all the bankruptcy filings from your brand search term? And his answer was always, I'm a good SEO. Can you tell me what he did? <laughs> How did he get all the, the bankruptcy stuff to be second and third page and highlight all of his social feeds and all of the other content that represented him in a positive light? Right. It's a great question. And I can tell you the things he probably didn't do, which is create lots of rubbish content on second-rate sites, which is what ORM managers often do. As they say, if we create lots of content around you, we can push that up and we can drown. And the concept of drowning is very popular. I would say, no, you don't. And I think what he probably did, I don't know the case, is he leapfrogged. And leapfrogging is incredibly powerful. It's saying, I have content underneath this negative content that I feel can, I can prove to Google is more valuable to my audience. All I need to do is demonstrate to Google that this content is more relevant, helpful, and valuable. And it will push it up onto the brand SERP because that's what it puts on the brand SERP, what is relevant, helpful, and valuable to my audience. So what he probably did is SEO for others, is that he would find an article that he thought represented him positively, and he would help that article to rank in the place of the ones that he didn't want. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. 
For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So is this as simple as he's going to Mechanical Turk and having people visit other pages to give Google a signal that this is a popular search result, having them stay on the page for a certain amount of time? Is he trying to manufacture links to someone else's page to have those pages manage, fabricate links that are supporting third-party pages? Is it link building? Is it time on site metrics? What's the way that you get existing content to leapfrog potentially bad reputation content? Well, I mean, uh, link building is obviously very helpful. Fake link building, I would argue, will never work. Google isn't as stupid as it was 15 years ago. But definitely building links to these resources that we feel are valuable is definitely a tactic you can use from the outside. And that's the point, is that there are some aspects of your brand set or some references to yourself that you control. Your own website, your company website, your social media profiles. You can obviously influence them. You can do your SEO on them, and that's great. And then there are third-party websites. And that's the point is that Google will look at these third-party references to you. And because they're third-party, it will tend to think this is a great independent reference to you. So you can contact the person who wrote the article. You can build links to them. You can potentially link out to them from your own site. And that's an important point. And it's something I think a lot of people miss is I was talking about Andy uh, Crestadina. You are naturally the most authoritative person about yourself. All you need to do is convince Google that you are the, the most authoritative person about yourself, which sounds ridiculous. But Google doesn't know that you are. And once you've managed to convince it that you are telling the truth, that you are a good representation, an honest representation, an authoritative representation of yourself, then you can point to these references and say, I think these are important. And Google will actually believe you. So I wouldn't underestimate the idea that me myself can promote the idea to Google that I am an honest, authoritative reference about myself. Sounds counterintuitive, but it works a treat. Google, I know myself better than anybody else does. Can you just trust me about who I am and what I'm trying to rank for? Because I'd really like for that bankruptcy that my company was involved to not be part of the picture here. Exactly. Well, there are a couple of things there. Number one is I've been working on this for nine years. So don't think it's going to happen tomorrow. It will happen if you do the work. And the other thing is don't hook yourself too closely to your company. You are an entity in and of yourself. You have an existence outside of your company. And people who have their own company as the principal reference to themselves are basically handing the authority and the management of their own online reputation and their own online presence to their company. And the same would be true of Wikipedia. You have a tendency, if you have a Wikipedia page, to allow Google to say, well, actually, this must be the truth. So you've got to be really careful, in my opinion, as a human being, to say, I need to take control proactively of my own reputation and my own capacity to communicate to Google the understanding it should have about me 
as an identity. So last question I have for you today. Most of the time when people think about online reputation management, they're thinking about it after something bad happens. Company went through bankruptcy. All of a sudden, my search results aren't looking great. Let me go fix this. What are the ways that people could be proactive about online reputation management to avoid potentially negative content popping up on their SERPs? Right. Well, you can never beat the machine, as it were, in the sense that if you're a newsworthy entity and the news explodes and it's bad, it's never going to be possible to actually totally control it. But as an entity, what Google is looking for is an entity home. I'm calling it an entity home. John Mueller from Google calls it the point of reconciliation. And basically, the machine is looking for a place on the internet, one page, that represents the entity, controlled by the entity. And that's ironic. Google is looking for the one page that you control. It wants to be sure you control it so that it has a reference that it can then go out to the rest of the web and compare that reference to. So if you imagine the rest of the web as this kind of broken plate puzzle of lots of different bits of information, Google wants to compare that to what you're saying. Obviously, you can't lie. Obviously, you can't outweigh everything that's being said about you. But if Google is looking to that as the reference, it is your only hope of any level of control or influence on what Google is showing about you when people search. And that whole point, as you say, is if you wait until you have a problem, it's already too late. You need to create that entity home and create that Google's confidence in your authority about yourself. So when the problem does arise, you already have the weapons, you already have the authority to be able to influence Google and help yourself. Rule number one of marketing, always be branding. This also goes for your brand SERP. Always be working on your brand, establishing the relationship with Google, letting them understand who you are or your organization is, what you're about. Build that footprint. And if something goes wrong, you'll be able to protect yourself when you have online reputation management issues. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy at Calicube. If you'd like to get in touch with Jason, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Jason M. Barnard. That's J-A-S-O-N, the letter M, B-A-R-N-A-R-D. You could visit his website, which is jasonbarnard.com. And if you're interested in reading Jason's book, The Fundamentals of Brand Search for Business, Businesses, you can go to thebrandserpguy.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com awt. 
That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions. You can ask us your SEO questions and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Music.